Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Texas Tech is up by 11. That's what's up. Yeah, at the under 16 timeout, man. Second half. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Holding on. Looking pretty good here in Lubbock. Take it on the number six team in the country, just for fun. The Longhorns. Yeah, trying to build a little, uh, little winning streak. Is two a streak? Because uh, going back to Saturday, man, you took down a top fifteen Kansas State team wearing that cut awful lavender purple. Ugh. I don't think I hate it as much as you deserve to lose. Probably when they most wear people garbage. Anyways, <laughs> Texas Tech. Um, like I was, I was not a believer in that game until right there at the very end. Uh, Texas Tech had a modest lead there uh, through most of the game, uh, and it got down. It was back and forth, and it got down to like one point or under, not under one point, but it was back and forth a little bit. Texas Tech then built on that lead and kind of did the Heisman pose and held the the Wildcats off. I was like, well, shit, man. <laughs> Here we now go. Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking, guys. Um, and then I, I was the, I was the Debbie Downer that pissed on the parade here, and I said, "Well, you know what? Even if Texas Tech won every game, they'd still miss the tournament." So here we go. <laughs> I was that guy. That's uh, fair. And and I don't know if you have notifications turned on for the Twitter account. I, I got, I got a lot of people like, "Damn, man, we just won! Stop!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that was, uh, that was bad. I'm sorry." Um. Just we're just kind of reached that point. I'm We've just that point in the jaded. season. We're, yeah, we're we're trying not to be. I'm sure a lot of you guys are the same way. Um, but 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 yeah, you know, I'm even saying, even yeah. if they if they hold on tonight, it's kind of like great. You didn't get swept by the Longhorns, but now what? It's I mean, but but yes, to beat we we can't. Knocked down that if if they hold on tonight, and I know me just talking about it is putting bad vibes out into the, bad into the ether. But mm-hmm. yeah, but they did manage. They will have managed to knock off two ranked teams, two really good teams in a row at home. So in two days apart from one another, if they hold on tonight, I cannot specify that enough. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. T- Texas Tech has shown the the principle to have a second half meltdown, uh, even with double digit leads um, against teams not as good as Texas. So 
pl- still plenty of basketball to prove that uh, otherwise. Uh, true or false, I guess. Um, but I, I, I don't want to root against Texas Tech. So I, I realize what I'm about to say may sound like that. But if Texas Tech does go on some kind of run here, it makes the first half of the conference season that much more frustrating. <laughs> You're like, it was there, obviously capable in the tank, and you you looked terrible. Like so much so that like a lot of people publicly on you know, private or premium message boards calling for Adams and the staff to lose their jobs. And that still may be the case. Uh, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what those conversations are like between administration or boosters or all that kind of stuff. Other than what I, I, I also see. Um, but it was bad, man. Uh, so I, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really make you feel better if you go on a run here and, you know, you do like like what you did against Kansas State and what you've done so far against Texas. You've played pretty well defensively. You haven't looked, you haven't been embarrassed by like just bad rotations. Texas is able to hit some shots because they're Texas. It's a talented team. Um, you know, it's not like you're getting your offense is scoring points. You're hitting a bunch of threes. Um, you haven't even needed the three. I mean, you had 21 first half points from Harmon, which is like that's almost that's that's more than a season average, even with his second half heroics in most games. So, yeah, Harmon is three for three from beyond the arc right now, including one that banked in and including a very last second shot right before halftime. And I will confess too, because of this point in the season, I think every single time he let he let it go mm-hmm. on a three. I was like, oh, no. And I think I said it out loud. Like, what are we doing? What are you doing? Oh, no. And then, you know, he made that first three and then came right back down the court, made the second one, banked it in. I especially was, oh, no, on the bank because I thought, man, you just mm-hmm. you just made one. Let's, 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 let's tone it down. But, yep, happy to be wrong. Dude's well, playing really well so far. Uh, and perfect from the line, too. Yeah. Wasn't there somebody else that that banked in three? Was it like Lamar Washington? No, it was um, uh, it was it was uh, Jennings. Jennings, yes, yes. Jennings banked in a three later. I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, because I, I think Fran even said something like, "What? What? You were surprised that that went in? I think he's made three this season. Why weren't you? Why were you surprised <laughs> that went in? I, I forgot. Did what he, he say like he's like he's shooting fourteen percent? <laughs> um. You probably can't hear it, but we're also starting to get our, our little downpour here, which is fantastic yeah. for it's raining our slice of heaven called Lubbock. Um, hey, before we get too far into this, yeah, the second half is underway. Uh, but this episode, episode 335 of the 23 Personal Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. It is Sports Drink is a intersection of sports and not sports, much like 23 Personnel food and sports clashing at the goal line. They're here to help us grow and hate on your favorite team. Uh, so go follow them on social at sports drink, spell like sports drink, but without the vowels on Instagram or sports drink.org. Check out our show and the many others within the network. Speaking of the network, couldn't uh, get through any of that without talking about how the wonderful stake in the plains content network has been to us and our podcast over the years. And it's continuing to grow. And we're super excited about that. 
uh, specifically the podcasts of Gambling Gauchos, Seeing Scarlet, Red Raider Dugout. <laughs> I can't remember. Why do you always blake on that one? I don't know because it. I, I I think it's because I'm I'm trying not to say the name of the the rival site, and I blank. And then it's also because it used to be called something else, or maybe it still okay. is called something else. Well, and but, in my defense, Red Raider has always been kind of a tongue twister for me. I have I have trouble pronouncing R's. You guys know this if you've ever heard me say rural. Rural. Or brewery. 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 Library. It's even it's even better to watch me say February. Anyways. I just I, I ditch the R. I just I just go straight up February. That's good too. Um, hey, I don't want to like say we jinxed it, but the uh, lead is down to single digits. Son nope, a... it, it's ten now. It's back to ten. Okay, we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. Um, but it was it was eight for for a minute. Um, anyways, so while the game's going on, I know it's going to be difficult probably the to listen to us. So good, sorry. It's so awesome. We're wonderful here. It's so damn dry. Uh, maybe a little difficult to listen to us. Uh, try to go through baseball while also watching a basketball game. But Michael, there is baseball this weekend starting on Friday afternoon, one o'clock. So I want to talk about baseball, Uh, get you some projections, predictions, a compilation of people that I trust uh, what they have said and kind of combine it. Uh, Namely Keith Patrick at Red Red Dugout and the Dinger Derby podcast. Or the Red Raider Who dugout has, podcast, but yeah, I mean he he also has a couple of posts of his own he's on got three. Red Raider mm-hmm. Red Raider dugout dot com. He's got a preview over there that he's worked up the last two weeks, I believe. And um, I haven't checked with him, and I haven't seen exactly, but I know that he's got some um, episodes queued up to yeah. get the season going. I think so. Definitely look in your podcast feeds. He will be back in action. Very very soon, he's also um, getting hit up quite often to jump on other people's podcasts to help preview. Um, so be on the lookout for that. It is <laughs> Longhorns on a twelve four lead run, uh, oh. cut the lead down to five. So that was fun. <laughs> as soon as I said they had the propensity to have second half meltdowns, have yeah given up nine. Adams of apparently the, had to take a timeout. Yeah, we're at a timeout right now. So let's get to baseball. Uh, give you that preview prediction. Look ahead to the weekend as well, um, and then we'll come back to basketball. So let's let's get to baseball. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. And some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven and deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big fella. Cameron Warren's going to motor home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Popped up. Trevor Bowie. 
right. Baseball first pitch Friday, 1 p.m. hosting the Gonzaga Zags. Before we get to that, a little bit of a preview. Um, baseball is probably the hardest one of the three sports that we do to start a preview, especially of a uh, a series because you're just not exactly sure one what the rosters look like. Texas Tech hasn't officially ros- announced a roster and won't until Wednesday. So what I'm about to tell you could look really stupid in 48 hours because we just don't know. We do know that there are a number of guys that are with the team that will not be on the team, if that makes sense. And I'm not talking about guys like Jason, Josh Young, who are in town and been practicing um, here locally with the guys, but guys have been practicing to make the team that ultimately will not. But uh, I have been enjoying our countdown to first pitch on the, on the Twitter, Michael. Um, we talked about it on the podcast last week. We couldn't let the opportunity go to have um, Patrick Mahomes. There we go. Oh my goodness. I don't, I, I'm blanked so hard on that. Um, I didn't know where you were going. I would have helped you out if you needed the name of the two time Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, well, also went to Texas Tech. Uh, that that would have been that would have been smart if I could just remember that. Like if I could keep a, a thought in my head at all. Um, so I had That's to good do trivia question. Had to do two guys on on Sunday, um, and it was. I, I hope it, I hope it was obvious uh, because his Texas Tech baseball career was very short lived. Um, so some of the stats and accomplishments. I faded into football accomplishments. Um, you know, I, I talked about how he was, uh, one, the other thing I, I mentioned him having one of the highest ERAs, which is a bad thing, but I didn't, I didn't clarify <laughs> that was a bad that thing. That I enjoyed. I was like, Oh, is this good? Because y'all know, you know, my baseball fandom here. I was like, Oh, that is that that's, that's good. Right. Yeah. No, I thought it was like a divisible by zero thing. <laughs> there just wasn't a very big sample size and something crazy happened. No, so you do get really, really high uh, ERAs with a small sample size. Um, but he finished his Tech Tech pitching, pitching career with an ERA of 99. Um, and then, you know, he played in three career games, had a zero batting average. Um, but then I, I, I faded into some football stats and talked about how he was drafted 10th uh, overall. I didn't say he was drafted in the, in the NFL draft. He just said in the, he was drafted 10th overall and then talked about how he was a league MVP and a world champion, uh, which now needs to be updated. He's a league MVP twice, Super Bowl MVP twice, Super Bowl champion twice. Uh, he's won two out of the three Super Bowls he's been to. Just fantastic. But uh, today was Grant Little, four days to go. Uh, tomorrow is Michael Davis, who has Michael's favorite, absolute favorite walk-up tune of all time. Which is? It was our boy Sam Hunt. It's not, oh, it's Body Like a Back Road? Body Like a Back Road. Very oh, unnecessarily sexualized backup walk-up song. Um, he was like, oh, man, maybe, he's setting the, maybe, the tune here. Maybe he likes... Curve balls. <laughs> Anyways, 
Um, two, I believe, is uh, Orlando Garcia, if I remember correctly. I, I, I could just pull up Twitter and look at the drafts here, but I could also just let leave you in suspense. Um, <laughs> not that that's really a thing. Anyways, um, and then we'll obviously have one and uh, and zero, so for actual game day. But before we get there, though, because it's it's this year, we're, we're talking about this year, and we're not looking at uh, last year, guys, anymore. Uh, I want to go with uh, look around the diamond, look around the field at who's who's coming back, who's playing, who you may expect to play. There are just a couple of positions on the field this year that I think are just completely locked up uh, based on who is there and who who performed, um, which is a product of of the way the roster has turned over. Um, but even there are some returning guys that were uh, everyday type guys that may have not locked up a spot. And that's not a knock against them, but more of a, a testament to Tadlock and Thomas, uh, their recruiting ability and what they would bring in this year. So starting behind the dish catcher Hudson white, I think is one of the guys you can just expect to be the starter. Um, he had such a great freshman year after he got off his O and 16 start at the plate. <laughs> uh, but then to finish with the respectable batting average, he did uh, considering he went like five games in a row without getting a hit. Um, he's going to be one of your, one of your, your stall, your regular guys back there. Um, he will be also in a rotation on off days from behind uh, the dish. He may be taking a, um, some time over at first base, which he did with Stillwell last year. You remember the, those two rotated quite a bit over at or between catcher and first. Um, when Hudson White is not catching, uh, it could be a couple of other guys, namely Kevin Bazell. Uh, Bazell was the uh, originally a Dallas Baptist guy. Uh, committed them, enrolled in there, and then transferred last year. Was with the team last year, uh, but was ineligible to play for the Red Raiders, even though he was, like I said, on campus. Um, or it could be newcomer Dylan Maxey, who has been really flashing the bat lately. Uh, and that may get him some play uh, coming up in the rotation at DH, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. First base, I think you can pretty much look at Gavin Cash. He's a transfer from Texas. He actually did play... Uh, in this series against the Longhorns here in Lubbock last season um, and seemed to do pretty well uh, against, uh, I'm blanking on the pitcher name, the pitcher's name who started that day, but he was one of our our better starters. I'm, I'm having a hard time with names in, in my memory. Um, but if, like I said, if it's not Cash, it may be White or Bazell may also get, get some time there. Um, but the other guy to look out for is a newcomer, Damian Bravo. He may get some some play over there at first base. Uh, middle infield, second base, shortstop is where it's a little more difficult to to kind of project um, because it's it's a rotation or not. Sorry, it's like between three guys, um, essentially, and they can all play any of those spots. But it looks like it will be a, a short. Uh, sorry, second base, shortstop duo of Austin Green and Will Burns, or possibly Tracer Lopez. Um, and I think, um, between the three of them, you've got your two starters there. Uh, and then whoever is not starting will be a backup on either one of those spots. Um, and the other guy to look out for maybe Cade Magar, uh, another, uh, highly touted guy that's coming in 
third base, uh, I think should be started, be held down by Bazell, um, who, you know, may rotate there at, at, at catcher, but he may be your, your starting third baseman, um, backed up by Magar, uh, or in, 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 even possibly a little bit later down the end of the season, Travis Sanders, although he will be out for several weeks, uh, maybe even a couple months here with a back injury. Um, so your infield, uh, there's a lot of new faces or at least new to the program, even though they may not know all be true freshmen, but, uh, could look like Hudson white at catcher, Gavin cash, Austin green and will burns up the middle, Kevin Bazell there at third in the outfield. Um, you, you've got some new faces that, that, that could play role. Um, a, a familiar face that wasn't with the team last year couldn't could could figure into the the playing rotation here. But starting off from left field, I think you you'll have a good shot to see uh, the transfer from Wofford out there. Nolan Hester uh, was a career three thirty one batter for them, um, and may even be like a top of the lineup type of guy uh, with his speed and abilities there. Uh, oh well, sorry, his speed and his ability to get on base. Um, if it's not Hester, you could see former Red Raider Drew Woodcox, who transferred to Rice for the 2022 season, but has transferred back. Um, he could get some play out there, or it could be newcomer Jarek Curtis, who, uh, if you go look at Keith's preview, because he includes some of the, their 60 times, which is the the sprint speed of, that baseball uses, um, he clocks in fastest on the team, and uh, even a, a little bit faster than speedy Max Marshock was from a few years ago. I remember everything that we said about him. Um, he just couldn't get the bat going. Jarrett Curtis has got, got the potential to be, you know, playing a lot w- w- with his speed and with his, his bat. Um, and center field uh, returner Dylan Carter has that spot uh, right now. I went to the, uh, the tailgate dinner at, at Kegel's last week Um and that was one of the position battles that uh, Coach Tadlock spoke about specifically. Um, you know, even though he had that spot so locked down defensively, um, you know, we're, he's got the he's got a really tough task ahead of him to defend off the guys behind him because they're they're making his job difficult to hold that one down. Uh, namely, Gage Harrelson, uh, newcomer, he would be like the second fastest guy on the team. Uh, just like a, a tiny bit slower, and I mean like a tiny bit than Jarek Curtis, but also still faster than than Marshak. Um, but again, both Harrelson and Curtis um, both project to have a, a bigger, better bat than than Marshak did. Um, so if it's not Carter, then it's going to be uh, Harrelson, um, or or possibly even Jarek Curtis. The the issue with that, both those guys are are, are young. Uh, and and are, are new. They're learning the the the, um, the aspects of playing center field. And that was again one of the things that uh, Tadlock said that um, Carter has the advantage over these guys because he can read the ball and and take so so much better angles defensively, um, and that's helping him kind of hold that position. But like I said, he's got a couple guys behind him that are really pushing him, which is always great. Right field, I think, is your other. Uh, starting position that's nailed down based on uh, returning talent, and that's Owen Washburn. Um, there may be some time where, where Washburn is, is moved into the infield, uh, possibly at second base. 
to help with the guys in the outfield get some more time and 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 maybe they're you know there there's got some um some opportunity there with the being young guys in the infield uh to get uh you know a veteran presence in there uh, and if he's coming out of the outfield then you can see uh Ryan Brome or Jarrett Curtis like the, Curtis could play anywhere uh, across the outfield really but I expect Washburn to get most of his time there in the outfield. DH, you haven't heard me mention Ty Coleman, but that's probably where he could be. He could also figure into the rotation uh, in the middle infield if they need some, um, some senior or you know some elder leadership there. Um, but DH could be Coleman. It could be Ryan Brome. It could be Dylan Maxey. It could be any of these guys that have a big bat that don't really have a spot to stand in the field just yet because of all the other guys out there. Um, your starting pitching rotation, I think, is going to look a lot like Mason Molina, Brendan Gurton, Bo Blessy, and Brandon Beckel. Uh, what you know, order that's going to look like, or if there's going to be somebody else uh, new to the program, or somebody that it takes on a new um, role, then I don't know yet. But it, it will, it may look like like one of those four guys. I have something to add there. Oh yeah, let's hear, it, man. That's a lot of alliteration. Mason Molina, Brandon, Bo Blessy, Brandon Beckley. Yeah, three of the four guys have a double letter. But anyways. That's good. I, th- I think it's a good sign. Other guys on the pitching staff, uh, maybe coming out of the bullpen or maybe figuring out you know, a starting or pushing for some starting time. Trendon Parrish, we all remember him from last year, the fiery young guy that um, season ended a little early with, a, with an injury, but he's, he's, he's coming back. Andrew Devine, uh, Derek Bridges is currently injured, uh, should be coming back. I don't know when. Josh Sanders, same kind of boat. Then you get guys like Dax Daith or Daithy as a transfer, uh, Tabor Fast, Nolan Foster, Jacob Rogers, Ryan Free, Ethan Coombs, who I think is a transfer in from LCU here in town, Hudson Luce, Zach Erdman, Zane Petty, Kyle Robinson, Jack Washburn, brother of Owen Washburn, uh, he's coming in from Mississippi State or Ole Miss, I believe. But he's also injured and will be uh, out for a little bit of time. And I feel like there was a name I was trying to remember that I didn't write down um, for whatever reason. But within all those names I just read, there are too many names for the roster. <laughs> there, uh, this year, uh, Tadlock did mention their roster should be at 39 uh, which will include the four extra players that are using eligibility from COVID seasons uh, of the possible 40 spots. But I think Texas Tech is above 40. I think they're at 42. Um, so they've got a few guys to to trim, unfortunately, to make that starting day, opening day roster. Um, but even though I, I listed off and said a lot of these guys are new, there's a lot to be excited about um, with the guys that are coming in, with the guys that are that are returning. Um, like a guy like Bazell, even though this is his first year playing, uh, he's a sophomore. He's, he's been around Dallas Baptist, which is a big-time baseball program. He's been with Texas Tech now for about a year. Um, Drew Woodcox was with, with, you know, was with Tech, went to Rice, and is back at Tech. So this will be his third, at least his third year, if I'm remembering how long he was here before he transferred. Um the the newcomer from Wofford, Nolan Hester, uh, Austin Green is a 
is a transfer with some some age on him. Um, Gavin Cash, obviously playing at Texas, like there are guys around here with, with some skill uh, and some skins behind the name to to really have you excited about this team. Uh, but kind of reminds me of the basketball team uh, as you put the roster together. How much have they played together? One with 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 baseball, they've been playing for several months. They've been you know inter squad and scrimmage and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you you'd think some of that's there. So let's turn to uh, to the weekend series. Look at the Gonzaga coming in. It's a four game series. Friday through Monday, first pitch Friday at 1 p.m., Saturday 1 p.m., uh, and then I believe, unless I've, I've got it mixed up, um, uh, Sunday and Monday games are also morning or early afternoon. But this Gonzaga team last year went 37-19, and 20-7 in the Western Conference play. They are led by Coach Mark McDolph. Um, if you remember any of their team from last year, uh, they were led by some really big time names, uh, that have gone on and are now playing professionally, namely their catcher DH Tyler Rando. Uh, he signed a free agent contract with the Marlins. Uh, he batted 315 at eight home runs. Uh, and he started all 114 of his games for the Zags. He played in 114 games. He started 114 games, which is almost unheard of. You never... Like he never had a day off where he came in as a as a replacement or whatever, uh, and then they had three very very talented pitchers, two starters. Gabriel Hughes, tenth overall pick to the Rockies, uh, had an ERA of three twenty one. Was eight and three on the season, ninety eight innings pitched, and he was a guy that went deep into every game he pitched. No shorter, no start shorter than six full innings, with one hundred and thirty eight strikeouts. These are guys that are no, no longer on the team, but. Um, Tristan Vreeling, Vreeling, uh, he's a third round pick of the Yankees. Uh, was also a pretty good guy. Had you know eighty plus innings, one hundred and seven strikeouts, and their their closer Michael Spellacy, uh, two just over two ERA, thirty seven innings, uh, and twelve saves. Key guys returning, uh, third base or just infielder because they they they, mean, they may also be moving guys around. Cade McGee, he was just under 300 batting average last year, 10 home runs, 31 RBI. Savior Pinellas, shortstop 297, uh, 24 RBI, but had 15 stolen bases. Grayson Sterling, infielder, utility guy, infield, outfield, 285. Um, so these guys that were turning aren't like high, high average guys, but they're they're all right there, and, and, and they can definitely do damage over a, a four-game series. Uh, Enzo Apodaca, outfielder, 279 uh, with 45 RBI. And then their other catcher, Ezra Semperi, um, 279 batting average. Then a couple of pitchers, Owen Wild, who had 74 innings on the season last year with a 3.0 ERA, 9-1, which is just crazy, 83 strikeouts. And Braden, Brady Mullen, um, who's 1-1 one one on the season, only had 28 in the third innings pitch, but uh, in those 28 innings, he had 20 strikeouts. Um, so first uh, first series out of the gate, it's hard to project. One, because you're you're not really entirely sure what you have, uh, and you're not really entirely sure what, what, what this Gonzaga team has, but uh, it's definitely a team that uh, will, will test you or can test you. Uh, this is not a Eastern Washington matchup in basketball or 
Texas Southern or whatever that you, you've played before. This is a, a good opportunity right out of the gates to get your, your team going. Uh, and you've got four games against them. So you got a great opportunity. If you don't have tickets, I'm sure you'll be able to find some. But like I said, Friday and Saturday, uh, I know those game times are at one. Um, Sunday, Monday opportunities as well. So Yeah, Sunday's at one. And as of now, Monday is at 11 a.m. But, uh, you know, Monday is a holiday for a lot of folks. So there, there might be a chance that mm-hmm. you could get some, um, get some butts and seats on that occasion. I know that uh, the school my daughter goes to will be closed. I'm sure there's some other places that will be closed. So Monday will be a holiday, which I really think they should, if they're going to observe President's Day, it should just be the day after the Super Bowl. But that's a entirely different conversation. <laughs> um, so I I did want to update. I mean, I know that. Are we streaming? I believe so. Okay, so I, if, if I people are checked. streaming, I haven't checked. Texas Tech, uh, UT tied it up at sixty four, and then Tech know. just took the lead again, um, on a dunk by O'Banner. So it's. It's now a close game, 357 left, probably about to be a media timeout any second. But Tech's up 66-64. Oof. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, stat broadcast, there it goes. It's updated now. Um, and it's not lost to me that Gonzaga has a pitcher with the last name Wild. I, I know that's – I'm sorry, that's all I could contribute to the – Baseball discourse. No, you, you just pitcher pitcher names. <laughs> you, you did come back and uh, and and confirm that Jack Washburn did transfer from Ole Miss. So um, I try to help. Yeah, you did. And then um, there was a there was a kind of a, a joke made at, at the the tailgate dinner on Friday night at Kegels about the pitcher named Fast. And uh, Gio was like, "There's a there's there's some some hefty expectations there when, when you got a guy coming in onto the mound with the name Fast." So. Uh, but supposedly he does not disappoint. I, I believe he is a, a two-way prospect. They're still trying to figure out if he will be a pitcher only or if he'll try to play both those roles out. But lots I do to have be some figured baseball. out. I do have some baseball-related news. We went to the Science Spectrum for the first time in a, in a while this weekend, and they have completely redone the sports section. And it's really interactive, and they've got a lot of cool things for kids and adults to do. Um, my six-year-old daughter has a broad jump a standing broad jump of four foot four inches i don't know what this means hey that's a tall a, that's as long as grayson is tall yeah you know dear old dad went seven foot eight inches but you know that's not <laughs> that's not here or there but the the thing i wanted to point out was was gus had some really cool videos describing curveballs and describing fastballs so they, they actually interviewed him and filmed him talking about the physics behind how curveballs work and how fastballs work. And I was un, not trying to be funny. I was riveted. It was very interesting how he was explaining it. And he just has a way of explaining things in general. That's easy to follow and easy to understand. And then they had graphics going with it, showing the difference between top spin and backspin and how the stitches, you know, affect the airflow and all this kind of stuff. I was like, man, this is great. I needed this. I needed this like, you know, 15 years ago. But yeah, I'm learning it now. I'm trying. The, the other other 
physics out hits you with is, is, is when you hit the ball, uh, you, you can impart, you know, backspin or topspin. Uh, topspin is going to be more of like a line drive, especially if you get an angle from behind the batter, you see the ball kind of like, like dip pretty quickly. It's got a, a ball with, with a lot of topspin on it. Uh, but balls that will carry, especially home runs, they're going to have a lot of backspin on it that will keep the ball elevated a little bit longer um, and let that good old West Texas wind blow it out to blow it out over the fence. Um, blow it out to La Mesa. Hey, so Texas Tech uh, extended the lead, now back up to six points, uh, forced a Texas timeout, 226 to go. There was an O'Banner dunk with a AMAC assist there, uh, got the team fired up. And got Texas on the on the defensive here to call that timeout. Up six, two twenty six to go. Uh, last couple things, updates around the ballpark. Uh, there obviously is some construction going on down there with the new clubhouse that will be put on pause here pretty quickly um, to get the the season underway. But first up, there was some adjustments to the visitor bullpen. I think it was deepened after some feedback from opposing teams that said they couldn't really get two guys warming up there at the same time or have some space to sit. Um, of course, the new clubhouse will be out there uh, in foul ground, you know, left field area. Uh, so that that's one of the areas. But they're also replacing the foul poles. Uh, the left field foul pole is up. Uh, I think they're they're going with, with just taller iterations of the normal foul pole, up to forty feet. Right field is down currently, as of this afternoon at least, uh, but should be up here obviously in the next couple of days <laughs> to give them time for the, the season. But um, and then construction will resume after the season to get that clubhouse all nice and ready for the following season when everything will move. But lots of good things happen over there at Rip Griffin Park. Can't wait for the season to start. I've got my scorebook ready to go. It doesn't have room for every game this season, but I haven't I haven't scored every game in a season yet. So I mean, I need the rest of the pages, but. I, I'm I'm not as I'm not as diehard on scoring all those games like Keith Patrick is. He he keeps every game, even games he doesn't watch, in his book. So he needs a new one every year. Um, but I will be more than thrilled to, to finish off that scorebook this season, and then order a new one. Will you be in attendance this weekend? No. Uh, one we we oh, are of course not. <laughs> That was a dumb question. We, no, it's fine. We are just for those that maybe not know or haven't kept up with that yet, which is fine. It's personal, but um, we are approaching. We're in the final countdown for baby number three in the Rogers family. So we yeah. had an appointment this morning. Um, everything's going well. No, no, no concerns there, except for physical size of the baby. <laughs> Samantha's not a, not not a big girl. Um, but baby number two, Hayden was over nine pounds. Um, this one, uh, our little girl is Samantha's at 37 weeks. So just, a you know, just a few weeks away from being, you know, full term. Um, and based on their measurements, when aren't, which aren't, you know, exactly a hundred percent accurate because they're looking at, you know, ultrasound, but, uh, measuring, seven and a half pounds with a couple weeks to go. Okay. And the doctor was looking and was checking everything out, was looking at her, her amniotic fluid and said, Hey, you, you actually have a, a, a lot of fluid around the baby. He's like, which sounds like a good thing, except what that does is it's like, um, like when you're growing a plant or something and it's got like a lot of space, it will take that space that you give it. So like, he's like, 
like having a freeway, having a lot of extra amniotic fluid sounds good, except it's going to give the baby more room to grow. So it's like, could continue to grow. Ah, just stretching. Um, but he said, you know, all the things like they're, they're all in all indications point, everything being healthy and, and, and good. Um, uh, the other other thing he said uh, that we're going to take to heart and 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 lean towards a schedule uh, induction here is with all that fluid he said there's a higher chance of the umbilical cord prolapsing coming out before the baby, which would then put the baby at risk. Because like if that happens, it's it's an emergency, and I'm, I'd rather your water break here at the hospital down the hallway from the the OR if we had to go in and do that, as opposed to twenty or thirty minutes away. So. Yeah, or you're an hour away by the time you leave the ballpark and oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> all that kind of stuff and yeah. So okay, yeah, as soon as I said that out loud, I was like, "Oh, that's a dumb question because I knew the context." So, so yeah, you're you're pretty much y'all are pretty much uh yeah, you're on baby watch. Yeah, um which also means there will be a uh, a, a hiatus here on the podcast for just a little bit. Um like I said we're 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 getting close to the end of the basketball season anyways. Uh, and then, Oh, it's been over for a while, Spencer, early baseball season though. We'll have to let Keith, uh, handle all that for all of us. Um, but you don't want me to host a solo, a solo podcast podcast? on baseball. I mean, you're, you're more than welcome to hit record. Um, I'm not going to stop you. uh, Yeah. Okay. Dang it. Call my bluff. Um, Oh man, we just had a turnover with a minute to go, but it's text tech still up by four, at least uh, according to my my broadcast here. You remember what I predicted before we started recording? You know, Davion Harmon had twenty one points in the first half. I was like, he's going to end with twenty seven or something, didn't he? He's got twenty three. He's got twenty three. <laughs> um, O'Banner with seventeen. Uh, Damian Demarion Williams five. Amac with twelve. Tyson quiet night from him. Four fouls, five points. Uh, not having a great night against his former team tonight. Oh, no, they I fouled, mean, they I, fouled the Longhorns. They're shooting free throws right now. I think. I think. Uh, you know, Amac has has helped a lot on the boards. He's got eight. And Fisher, man, I mean, in limited time, came in and, and racked up five rebounds. So he was kind of all over the place during his time in. But um, yeah, it's just seems like things are. Not going super well right now. I'm only watching on stat broadcast because back here in my bunker, I'm I'm kind of afraid to stream too many things at once. And we, we're trying to <laughs> stream our beautiful faces to to you lovely people. I've got so many streams going right now. Oh, that's out on Texas. Uh, oh, which is great because now when I have a breakout, when I have like a nice big zit above my the bridge of my glasses, like I do right now. Well, you got you got a hat on right now. There's, there's some shade. No, there. it's kind of it. it's trying to trying to get some shade. I wouldn't have noticed. Like, I, just, I don't actually see it, but I wouldn't have noticed it if you hadn't pointed anything out. I was I'm at sure an elementary school today, and I had like three kids notice it. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> and asked me what it was, and I'm like, it's a zit. And they said, oh. None of business. Kid, I've never heard anyone ask this before. Well, when did you, when did you get it? I've been working on it for a few days now, man. Yeah, I'm, that's what I said. <laughs> I think it's not, a t- it's not a tattoo, kid. I mean, I... I about three days ago, I could feel it was it was making its way, the only way it knew how. And I just, anyway, kids, Slow kids steady, are brutal. Man. To be hey, a bald man at a school, you've got to know that all the all the bald questions are coming. So I, I, 
I did that last semester. I, I think it was December when I did it. I had a blast. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm trying to find a day oh, to was, do it again this semester, and probably be like April or May before I get back. But I am absolutely exhausted. Um, we I was I was outside for two recesses. My poor little girl had a breakdown because the kids were just like mauling me, <laughs> and it was just. No, that's my dad. Handle it. <laughs> I think it was partially that, and then the fact that they were screaming so much about what they wanted to do and what they wanted to play. I think that was just like sensory overload on top of everything. So yeah. anyway, bless her heart. So I just kind of carried her around for a little while <laughs> after that. But man, it was crazy. I went to first. Well, my little one's in kindergarten, so obviously spent time in that class, mm-hmm. and then pre-K, a pre-K class, a first, second, and third grade class, and. Man, just complete different vibes in all the classes. All the kids are they're, they're learning. They're trying really hard. They're you know, they're learning things that I forgot. I don't know what I was doing at that age, but every class I walked into, into, I was like, oh man, I can't believe they're doing this already. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's just how it is now. I don't think I'm an old misremembering thing. I I think even what my kindergartner does, I'm like, man, I don't remember doing that. I don't think I did that at six years old. Anyway, it was it was really cool. It was fun. Um, a lot of work, and you just yeah. get kind of a a taste of what these teachers and what these students do every day. Um, let's uh let's transition to basketball. The stat broadcast has us at twenty seconds to go. Uh, we're gonna hit you with an instant reaction here in just a second. But right now, twenty seconds to go. I don't like you're listening to this after the word, afterhand, after the fact. If Texas ends up losing this right now. It's, it's going to be brutal. But Texas Tech is up five, 20 seconds to go. Let's uh, let's get to basketball, man. Okay. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top. McCormick in a crowd strip by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double, into two. Going to put it down. Already. Odiasi. Throw bars it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Separation. Oh, big shot. Step it up big time. Dagger. Over with the dish. Odiasi. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. All right. They're currently reviewing an out of bounds off of Harmon, but it's it's pretty clear it's off him. Be Texas ball. 22 seconds. Michael, if... uh. Red Raiders pulled this off. Are you, are you? Are we still like everything's still the same as it was a couple weeks ago? Or or is there is there something there? You like, eh? Like there's 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 hope there. There's we we can back off the the sky is falling takes. At least on that, that I, I had. Um, I don't want to attribute that to you. That was all Spencer too. But you're still on mute there, brother. Thank you. There we go. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to like sneeze or cough or do something stupid during the burp, fart. It's all good. Yeah, during the music. So I don't want to. 
I don't want to ruin it, but <laughs> I'll ruin it by speaking instead. So I do think <laughs> it's like you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it reminds me of some of those down years or many of those down years of tech football where tech just randomly wins some game in November that they had no chance of winning. And you're like, what the hell? How many times that happened? Why? Maybe not November, <laughs> but you, you know, beating Texas at the end of Kingsbury's. Yeah, that's true. One of those seasons, you know, stuff like that where you're just kind of, well, where was this? Uh, so yeah, I, I'm the same, slightly jaded, slightly annoyed. Um, but then again, this team has been so predictable. These lineups they've been trotting out has been so, I said, I said predictable. I did not mean that. Unpredictable. Mm. These lineups they've been trotting out have been completely inconsistent. I know a lot of it's due to injuries. A lot of it's just due to finding guys that are playing well at the moment, giving guys that had a, a you know, had a good game the previous game, giving them a, a chance to shine a little bit, you know, throwing Fisher into the, into the lineup, Jennings, um, you know, reaching into the bench as far as they can to get guys to start over Bacho, over Amac, over Isaacs. Uh, and I don't know what kind of recipe that is. It just seems like it's, there's too many variables at play that I can, I can't point to a win, which this looks like it might be. Hell yeah. Amac just blocked the shit out of Brock Cunningham. So I can't point to a win of this caliber and think, man, if they'd have just started this group or done this this whole year, then everything would have been fine because so many things had to go well tonight so far. I mean, Tech was 50% last I checked from three. I can't mm -hmm. think of the last game that's happened or if it's ever happened this Almost season. Almost 47% from the, from the field, 92% from the, from the stripe. Yeah, they've missed one free throw. And... I mean, just everything, both. yeah, everything went about as well. It has or has gone so far about as well as it could or needed to uh, in, in order to, to get this win. I mean, they kind of had a similar outing against Kansas State. You know, they, they just were better in every category. Offensively, they forced Kansas State. I mean, the story of that game is forced a, a team that doesn't turn over the ball much to turn it over 23 times. And... You know, they're also able to – let me get back to where I was at. I was trying to find this, the stat on that exact one. Oh, I'm missing it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it changes my tune too much. I just I just think that it's – but then again, you could also say, well, if this is the group that works, then why hasn't this group been playing this whole time? But I don't think anybody knew this. There's so many young guys. There's so many freshmen. Judging by Spencer's reaction, something happened. Sorry, I just looked up. I was following it. Stat broadcast hit zeros. Texas Tech seventy four. Texas sixty seven. Um, they the Longhorns missed a three attempt, um, and then on the loose ball, uh, Texas gets fouled out, fouled um, out near half court, missed the free throw. Texas Tech rebounds that, then throws. Baseball pass in the backcourt. Time expires. Texas Tech wins 74-67. That is now back-to-back -back ranked wins at home. No, it's three in a row. Right? Oh, Iowa State. Iowa State, Kansas State, yeah, now Texas. Which is so yeah, you've beaten they, the number one and two teams in back-to-back -back games. 
here at home. That's right. In Kansas State and I don't Texas. Know, I don't know what the hell to think of anything anymore. But that's great. I love that they won. Still kind of annoyed. But I, I love that they won. <laughs> I, I know. And, I, and, I just, like, I love that they won. But it, like like uh, you just said, and we mentioned earlier, it's it's annoying. It's like, where the hell has this team been? Well, in the last two games, in like the big three stats, field goals, threes, and free throws, Texas Tech has bested Texas and Kansas State in all three of those categories in both games. That's that's pretty much it. You know, Texas was awful from the line tonight. They're fifty nine percent. You know, they they were great from three, like they usually are. They're forty one percent, but they weren't fifty. Yeah, thirty nine thirty nine percent. Um, so, I mean, I think Texas kind of found some footing again in defense. They weren't able to force many turnovers tonight. Texas really held on to the ball. Only six. Had six turnovers. But uh, two, yeah, the other thing against K-State was, I think, 28 points off turnovers mm-hmm. is what Tech had. So the shooting, all three phases of the shooting had to go well, and then the defense had to hold up their end of the bargain, too. And, and that that worked out in both games, but... In theory, that should have been something that could have been working all year. Um, I, I know the strength of the league is always brought up and always mentioned as it should be. That doesn't mean three and ten is not frustrating. Oh no, it's frustrating as hell, dude. Because like <laughs> again, really if, if you win out, you'll be eight and ten uh, in the regular season, which is, I mean, it's 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 a heck of a turnaround from zero and eight. It would be, and and obviously, like that, that's going to take a lot, right? It, I mean, yes, you did just beat, uh, you know, teams one and two in, in the in the Big Twelve standings, so it's possible, uh, but you still have to go to Kansas, and you still have to, um, you still have TCU, Oklahoma State, um, West left? Virginia, West Virginia, and Morgantown. So I mean, it's it's it would be difficult. Even then, that would get you to under five hundred, but you'd be close. You would need some help in the Big Twelve tournament. May as well just go win the whole thing if you want to get into the the, the big dance. But you may be fighting yourself into an NIT type appearance, which is like a consolation from where you were a couple of weeks ago. Like, might not be that bad. Um, well, but and- I, I don't want to ta- I don't want to t- talk into ourselves of of you know moral victories and all that, all that kind of stuff because when, when, the, when the season's gone as poorly as it has up to this point, uh, you know, coming off a sweet 16 team and, 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 and you had, you had, you know, opportunity against Duke there, which was a really tough team, but you know, um, it just, it's, it's a step back and not where you wanted to be, but you know, as, as I get swept up in the wave of the, uh, the momentum of the season, like, Making a tournament, a postseason tournament that isn't one you have to pay to get into, which Texas has, Texas Tech has not. Point that out. Tech's never played in the CBI. Longhorns have. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't turn my nose up at, at, at trying our hand at the NIT this year, especially with just I w- you know how much you've had to deal with because you, you play without Bocha tonight. Uh, Isaac has been out for, for several games now. You're, you're trying to figure out your guard rotation. You're trying to get your young guys to to, to come along. So, is anyways. the boot just so people won't ask questions? I just feel like the boots 
like a optional accessory at this point. Uh, it's like I put them between in a, those three guys. Know. Yeah, probably. Or just you know put a sling on. Yeah. Let's hold them kind of visibly. Like, hey, they're not available. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Tex Tech wins tonight, 74-67. You were talking about it, just the, how well they shot. 93% from the free throw line. Uh, O'Banner was 7-7. Seven seven. Tyson, 1-1. One one. Harmon, 4-4. Four four. He shot really well from 3. He hit 50%. Uh, O'Banner uh, was 2-5. But Williams is 1-1. One one. Amac missed his one he took. Harmon was 3-4. Uh, and then he shot 47% from the field, man. I'm like, uh, all of that. The turnovers you would you would hope you would, would be able to turn Texas over a whole lot more, but they doubled you up there. They they forced twelve turnovers, um, but then you came back with seven blocks uh, to just their two. Um, you you out rebounded them bad, forty one to twenty nine. So that's a huge advantage there for for you, um, and evenly called at least in, in, in the fouls. I haven't had sound on in this game for like thirty minutes of game time. So I don't know what, what all was being talked about or if there was any kind of controversial call or whatever because I just didn't hear it. But there's 15 each way. Uh, the starters, or at least the guys on the floor for Texas Tech, had you know the majority of them, three for Banner, three for Williams, three for AMAC, four for Tyson. Um, but it didn't look like anybody else had um, four. Nobody had fouled out in this game. Um, so you, did, you were able to, to play a, a pretty good defensive effort. Um, and you, you kept everybody on the court. Uh, you didn't seem to have the issues with, with the switching you saw a few, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, like I said earlier, Texas was able to, to scheme some shots open. Uh, they, they, it took advantage of some guys that overcommitted early. Um, but it wasn't like they were just finding open guys just shooting all night. Um, I mean, you, you would hope that a team would shoot not as not 41% from three, um, you know, but they, they took 27 attempts there at three to the Longhorns and connected on 11. Uh, and, and you, you shot 14 of them and, and hit seven. So, yeah. I, one other thing I wanted to point out too is, you know, Sir Jabari Rice, his shot fake didn't kill you this time like it did last oh, no, time. Oh, no, it ate your lunch in Austin. Yeah. He shot 10 free throws in Austin. I mean, they were all fouls I, I mean i'm sure there was one or two that we could question but he was eight for ten on free throws he had 18 points in austin but had only eight points tonight and did not attempt a free throw mm-hmm. in 24 so they minutes learned a little bit <laughs> yeah texas only had two guys in double figures uh, marcus carr again dude is just unbelievable he had 23 points 38 minutes um and then dylan desu had 11 points in 24 minutes Tyrese Hunter had nine. He was close. Uh, Cunningham had seven, uh, but he was three of nine from the field. Oh, it was Cunningham, one of five from three, um, which is huge. Yeah, he made his first one, I think, and then missed the apparently next four. Apparently, four. <laughs> Sucks to suck, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Tech only attempted two three pointers in the second half and missed them both, but. They they were uh, at 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 half. They were seven of twelve. Just ridiculous. Um. So there 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 was a, a time there where where Texas Tech and, and Texas had made it close, um, and it got down to it was two or three points there. Late. Well, they tied it. Oh, it was tied. Texas tied it. Yeah. 
but you were able to, to string that out a little bit, obviously to win by seven. Uh, you didn't get quite the the bench performance, but that's kind of to be expected with with your rotation with the guys that have been out. You only got 13 points off your bench, but 36 of your points in the paint. You're still committed to getting the ball down low. You're not settling for, for a bunch of jump shots. Davian Harmon, again, it felt like the second half offensive plan for most games were to just let him cook. He was doing that a lot in the first half, uh, and he was hitting some ridiculous floaters uh, and jump shots in the lane. But when it's working, man, it's it's hard to to, to default him for trying those shots. Um, you you only forced, like we said, the six turnovers on Texas. You only got five points off off those. Uh, you only had seven second chance points off of your eleven rebounds and only two fast break points. Um, three dunks or eight of nineteen on layups. Again, I'd love to see that number a little bit higher. <laughs> the dunks number two. Um. Man, it's just, it's great to see a win. Uh, love that, especially against the Longhorns. Um, love that, man. Love it. Anything else we can talk about the Longhorns? No. Okay. No, aside from, well, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but since we last recorded, they will officially be joining the SEC in the after the 23-24 season. That's right. That, that, that came out. Um, so this could potentially, with how they're doing the schedule next year with basketball, nothing's been released, obviously, but could be the last time UT plays in a, in Lubbock? Maybe. Because of the, the addition of the other other four teams, you're not going to get a, a, an 18-game round robin when you play everybody twice. So uh, you... This may be the last time. Uh, and if that's the case, just like in football, love to send them off with a loss. Yeah. And if any indication of how the SEC is handled, Level mentioned this on the on a, on a different show. But he mentioned, you know, look at how the SEC has handled Texas A&M in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, even in basketball. I don't think A&M has played a Texas school this entire time, and they've been doing that challenge for like a decade plus. Pretty much since A&M joined the conference. I don't think they've ever played a Texas team. So, I mean, I'm yeah. sure they would keep UT from playing a Texas team if they could at all help it. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, you don't have that same luxury against uh, the Sooners, though. They did beat you here at the, on your home court. You do have to go play them in Norman. That's one of your other games left at Norman, at West Virginia. Um, home versus TCU, home versus Oklahoma State. There's one more. Anyways. Kansas. Um, Kansas, Kansas and, and, and Lawrence. So you've got three road games, two home. Um your stats did improve slightly after beating Kansas State. Uh, surprisingly, only you only moved up a couple, couple spots in Ken Bomb. I assume those will continue to trend at least a little bit up. Uh, but, but before tonight's game, you were 67th overall in Ken Palm, 61st in Haslametrics and T rank, uh, and 70th in net rankings. You are now three and ten in quad one games. <laughs> Hooray! Zero uh, and one in quad two. Um, you did have a quad three, uh, you had a quad two game get reclassified as a quad three. So you do have a loss there between 
uh, quad three and four. You are 11 and one down there. Um, offense 83rd, according to Ken Palm, 57th in defense. Um, you're, obviously, you need to continue to improve that. Uh, you know, play a lot, a lot like you did tonight uh, to hope to continue that trend to, to win at least your two other home games. Um, we'll see how that works out. But these, you know, net rankings aren't really all that worth it unless we're on the bubble or that kind of talk. Um, you did have a, uh, a game last week. Did we do a, an instant reaction on the Oklahoma State oh, game? No, I didn't think so. No, because I think we recorded Tuesday and then the game was Wednesday. Yeah. Something, you um, Or something like that. Oklahoma State, it was tied uh, with just a few seconds left. You didn't block out on a missed shot. They were able to tip it back in, and then you fouled them, and they hit the, the free throw to make it a three-point game. Uh, just a heartbreaker there. You felt like you did have a chance, obviously, when, when you're going, uh, when you're that close. Uh, but then you did come back. Uh, you did beat Kansas State on Saturday. Uh, you beat them by eight, so a lot like you did tonight, 74-67 tonight. It was 71-63 on Saturday. Uh, Michael, you did take you did note that Texas Tech did roll with an interesting lineup. Um, I'm pulling that up real yeah. quick, and I can tell you what that was. Yeah, there was um, your you know, Elijah Fisher started mm-hmm. for one, and Kerwin Walton. And Kerwin Walton, yeah, you had four guards. For, yeah, and, and O'Banner. Um, and Harmon put up 20 points. Uh, Tyson had 11, O'Banner 10. Uh, Fisher only had two. Walt, Walton only had two. Um, but uh, Lamar Washington added 13 points. He was a big spark coming off the bench for you against the Wildcats. He didn't. He wasn't so uh, so active tonight, was he? No, he had zero points tonight. Lamar Washington, 0 for one, took one shot, played nine minutes. I wonder if he got hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he he had a really rough outing in Stillwater. He was 0, 0 for three on field goals, including. You know, two of those were threes. Just had a few rebounds. And for whatever, I don't know why, but on my stat broadcast, I can't see how many minutes they played. I think I've done something wrong. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know if he was injured or not tonight. I, maybe they were just going with uh, a, a different lineup despite how well he came off the bench uh, versus Kansas State just Saturday. Well, you know, it, it, it may have to do with his turnovers. So he, so he played nine minutes. Uh, but he had five turnovers in those nine minutes uh, with only one shot, and he missed it. Um, but previously to tonight and, and even you know the, the past couple of games, he's been really, really big for you. Um, and you, you love to see his progression, just another one of those guys you can lean on. Uh, young, uh, that you know hopefully will be around the program a little bit longer. Uh, and then we talked about it, your next game Saturday is going to be at – West Virginia, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. Uh, one of the reasons why you've got some wonky times with um, with baseball, um, you know, you, you, some of it was moved to accommodate um, broadcast of things. Uh, cause I think the women's game is, is at a time this weekend that interferes with the baseball game, so or it was going to. And Keith Patrick was telling me, you just don't have the – the staff or the the infrastructure to do multiple on-campus sporting events broadcasts at the same time. Um, as great as, as the control room is at at the USA, it's I don't think they were 
planning on needing it for multiple simultaneous sports broadcast. Um, anyways, so that that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about men's basketball right now. Saturday at West Virginia, 11 a.m. It is a not close on the projection, uh, 75 to 67. Um, West Virginia is always a tough team, especially there on the road. Um, they are 19th in the Haslametric rankings. Um, they they not great defensively in terms of like how how they they limit their team's shooting. They they allow teams to shoot 44 percent. Now they shoot 45 and a half percent, but they're allowing teams to shoot 44 percent. Um, I think that Haslametric ranking is wrong. I don't think I updated that. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I, I would not read that for <laughs> West Virginia or <laughs> OU. Fun. I think that is. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't think they're that high. And it's because, yeah, I didn't update it. Sorry. Well, I'll, we, I'll do that, though. We had a lot going on with, with, with all the baseball stuff to talk about tonight. Um, 72% from the line, uh, still rebounding teams, out-rebounding by about 3.5 rebounds, 34.5 to 31. Um, and they are forcing two more turnovers than they are committing. And then you've got at Oklahoma to follow that up next Tuesday night, the 21st which is also Samantha's birthday. So we may have to figure out a different schedule there. Programming note to Michael. <laughs> um, That's cool. And Mardi Gras. So we're gonna, I got to track down a, a king cake for lunch, L- lunch dessert. That is a thing. Because uh, that won't be Samantha's. She, she's like, I don't, want, I don't want king cake for my dessert. She's like, you don't have to have king cake for your dessert, but we're going to celebrate Mardi Gras. And, and the only way that I know how is that, and that's to eat king cake. Because we're not Catholic. We don't celebrate or observe Lent, uh, which is what Mardi Gras is. is um, it's the last party shindig before Lent, if you didn't know that. But anyways. I'm a Protestant. Well, so I guess technically I, know that? I am Was too. I to know that? Yeah, I know we too. Uh, but next Tuesday at Sir Oklahoma, Catholics. 8 p.m., ESPN2. Uh, and it's a much closer uh, projection, 69-67. But the Sooners, the home team, are favorited there so so haslam i was not that far off no you weren't i was actually a little surprised uh west Virginia was 21st too. yeah instead they're, of 19. they're 21 uh, it was oklahoma state that i think was 19 when when i put that because oklahoma state's now 18 i think i had that left over from last podcast but ou is 74 and as you mentioned earlier tech is currently 61st but you know, the fact that you're playing it in their house and, you know, the fact that they beat you in Lubbock, I'm sure um, amongst a thousand other factors is how Haslam has that as a, as an OU win. Yeah, I'm going to check really quickly, see if that uh, that ranking is updated after tonight. No, not yet. Um, so let's uh, let's... Wrap it up here, Michael. It's 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 been a full episode, man. We talked about baseball. We had instant reaction. Uh, let's uh, let's just wrap this up and get to what do we learn? What do you think? I'm ready. Let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, the rain is back. Um, oh, the other thing I want, I want to touch before we actually get to what do we learn? Uh, Baylor did defeat West Virginia there in Waco, seventy nine sixty seven. ESPN. Headline had it as a blowout. I don't know if I'd call a 12-point win a blowout. but Well, was it one of those where they were up by 20 with four minutes left or something? 
I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm with you. That's kind of weak. I don't know because they were up 34, you know, against Tech not that long ago, shooting three still, <laughs> which you love yeah. to see that. But um, I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, I did. I did the tri tip mm-hmm. this weekend. I did the. I've been in the Picador chat, which you can join through Gambling Gauchos Patreon. That's on their Twitter page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to get there. <laughs> Patreon.com the slash Twitter page. Gambling Gauchos. Yeah, it's on their Twitter page. Yeah. You can join. You can become a Patreon subscriber and join the the um, mysterious and elusive and illuminating Discord. So we have a food channel in there, which is where I like to spend a lot of time. And we've all been pretty obsessed with tri-tips lately. And one of the guys in there is... Uh, you know, a big proponent of the dry brine, which I have used before too, especially on sirloins. And so I used the dry brine, just some kosher salt on the tri-tip, really brought brought it alive, brought the color out, brought the juices out. I mean, excellent. And um, all I seasoned it with once I put it on the grill was more kosher salt. Mm-hmm. I didn't overdo it though. Um, and then like some really coarse black pepper. I kind of wish I hadn't have done that. I think that was kind of that piece of meat wasn't quite big enough to have that coarse of black pepper that I used, but it was still fine. And pepper on the, the grill, grill tends to burn. Yes. So I just seared it on either side, and then I put it in the middle of my little Weber kettle. And the the kettle was humming around about three fifty, so it took about an hour total to to get the the thing up to temp. Unfortunately, I don't know if I had the probe in the wrong spot or what, but I did overcook it slightly, mm. but it still turned out fine. I mean, there was still some pink in the middle, but not it, not near as much as I would like. Um, so probably, you know, medium to medium well tri-tip. I was really going for medium rare to medium. So, yeah, whatever. But I made chimichurri for the first time ever, which the same guy... Uh, talks about and that's usually what he uses and so made it from scratch uh, i found a cilantro heavy recipe because my wife my wife requested that she's not really a big parsley fan i don't blame her and so cilantro heavy recipe parsley oregano minced garlic red wine vinegar olive oil salt pepper and red and uh, crushed red pepper Dang, dude. So nice. It was so, so good. nice. <laughs> and so that's why I was that's why I wasn't that worried about how I seasoned the steak because I thought, well, I don't want this steak seasoning to be crazy mm-hmm. because we're gonna drizzle this chimichurri over it once I've got it sliced up. And I think I think I did it just about right. But I would I think the only thing I'd probably change, I'd put a binder on the tri-tip. I didn't do that this time. So I was kind of worried about it. I didn't know how well a binder would work in like a fast cook. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to put mustard or Frank's Red Hot or something on it before I seasoned it, but I kind of wish I would have because some of that seasoning was just really falling off. But it was probably just because it was huge pieces huge. of pepper. <laughs> huge. It was like, you know, just whole peppercorns on there almost. It's that giant one, the, the biggest size pepper you can get that's not whole peppercorns from fiesta that fiesta brand mm-hmm. it's like 16 or whatever grind yeah 16 mesh or what yeah i don't know why i got that so anyway that's what i learned I that's I, really good 
I think I have the same shaker and it's it's too big. I I, I yeah. put that into the grinder with the whole peppercorn so it's like a refill. Yeah. Um I will jump in here. I, I did mention already I we I went to the tailgate dinner, the kickoff event for baseball at Kegels. Um I showed up a few minutes before uh, our man Keith did, so I actually sat down for dinner uh separate from him, but I, I we we got together for the the presentation, the the videos and the the, the conversation uh there the second half. But um there was a, a group of two older couples that sat next to me. Um and I've never felt more seen of like or I I've never seen myself so well into an old man. <laughs> but so we're sitting down uh and and the stakes like I I don't want to knock kegels but for an event for 200 people, they're not going to have the upper tier of ribeye steaks. They just can't. And they can't cook them all that well when they've got 200 going. Um, but they were on the thinner side, probably, you know, under half an inch. So you can, you can overdo those real, real easy. Uh, the guys to my right, uh, they were a little disappointed. Theirs were on the plus side of medium, medium well. I was like, ooh, I'm not looking for because I, I started with my salad and my my, my uh, baked potato first. So I want to clear some space on my plate. Uh, then this dude next to me proceeds to pull out a bottle of A1 sauce out of his pocket <laughs> and just like, boom, slams on the table. Um, and as I'm finishing up my baked potato, he he like leans over and is like, hey, you want some of that? I was like, Dude, I would love some of that day one sauce because I was expecting my steak to also be a little on the overdone side. Not that you need a one sauce, but I just I love a one that much. It's I, really I, good. I will put I'm, it even I'm on the you. best of steaks, just because I, I, don't, I love that too. I don't keep it at the house for that, like, because I just know that even if I made a really good steak, I'd probably be like, well, you know, I just got some a one in there. A one, yeah, because yeah, it's I'll put a little a one in there. I really like it. Um, I do too. I was pleasantly surprised. I cut into my steak and it was a beautiful medium rare. Oh, and I had a one. <laughs> it was great. Um, so, a one on a baked potato though. I don't think mm-hmm. I've done that. That's good I, stuff. Yes, I fully believe that that would be good. Um, I I didn't do that on on Friday, but I have done that before. Um, but yeah, this man brought his own a one sauce to a steak dinner, uh, which reminds me, and this is this is related. One night on a date night, Samantha when I went out to, to Red Lobster, which isn't you know known for steaks, uh, but when I go to Red Lobster, I, I typically get a steak sound like seafood. I ordered a steak and I asked for A1 sauce, and they come back and they said, unfortunately, we don't have any A1 sauce in the restaurant. We're all out. We're expecting a shipment in. We don't have any right now. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't have any. Um, but our food hadn't been delivered yet. And if you're familiar with this location of Red Lobster on 50th and Slide, it's right next door to CVS. So you better believe I walked over to CVS and bought a bottle of A1 and brought it back. <laughs> you did not. And then I had to show proof on the way out that this was not a restaurant bottle. This was a retail bottle and it was not theirs. Because they're like, sir, why are you walking out with a bottle of A1? It's like, this is mine. Good sir. Mine bought and I paid for. <laughs> bought this bad boy because you told me you were out. You cannot have it. <laughs> But yeah, I went and bought a one sauce in mid meal. Mid meal, this and is the, this is about me my favorite Spencer story. Yeah, I, I I had to leave Samantha alone at the table for you know a few minutes because, like I said, it's it literally is right next door to the restaurant. Yes, right it there is. at the corner. I walked out, 
very quickly found, and it was like the small bottle too, like the six ounce or whatever it is, the little one they have. And it was $13 probably because it was at CVS. Did not care. <laughs> Bought it, went, ran back to the restaurant, and I had plenty of A1 for my steak, which was just, I don't, I don't remember the steak, but I, just, I remember going to buy A1 in the middle of a meal. So you saw a, ver- a future version of yourself with that gentleman that sat next to you on Friday. Mm-hmm. A, a smarter, wiser version of you who just gave Brings up with on just, just on person, just has the A one. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if you put it in a flask or something. Yeah, maybe because like it probably just fits better in your in your pocket. So that too, like oh, you, a flask? What's in there? A one? A one, buddy? You kidding um, me? Because <laughs> how disappointed no, would you no, be? No, I'm not. I have A one because I like to put it on my hot dog at baseball games <laughs> or whatever. How disappointed would you be if you went to a steakhouse and you like really wanted a one and they brought you that Heinz steak sauce? Like, oh, I hate that shit. I'm like, no, sorry, no, man, man. Just send that back. I went this whole time without cussing, but yeah, that Heinz fifty seven stuff is trash. It's like, <laughs> it's like someone added some, someone added some a one to some ketchup and we're like, yeah, we got it. Yeah. No, you don't got it. Not the same. Not the same. All right, you've got one more point. Oh, I do. Yeah, just I know nothing about it, but right before we logged on, first of all, Tom and Bingo's here in Lubbock, been here since the fifties. I still have never about been. it before. Never you've, been. You've never been? Mm-mm. Oh man. Okay, I've talked about it before, but uh, they've really taken their game up a notch the last few years. If you haven't been in a while, go. If you have been and you liked the old ways, I guarantee I think you'll like the new ways too. Anyway, go check them out. Not a sponsor. But they just bought a food truck. That was all I was going to share. Do you so know there might they, be more ways to get some Tom and Bingos. Do you know if they bought the the Rahino trailer? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. It was like it was like a Facebook post I saw right before we logged on. I was I saw it during the basketball game, so I'm, I'm not really sure. Cuz like for somebody it that like that, a new one. Well, the the Rahino trailer was still in great shape, but it, it it they, it would have been a quick turnaround because I, I think I, I've, I've seen Rahino still posting about that being available recently. So if it was like branded or whatever, all ready to go for Tom and Bingo's, uh, that would be really quick for them to do that. So Rahino sold their food trailer? I mean, because they just had like, or I'm, I'm, I'm confused. They did or they're trying to, yeah. Oh, man. I had no idea. Because uh, they just had, uh, I saw people posting last week there was a long line somewhere i think it was a cardinals man for rahino yeah probably for card probably cardinals um dude i i i now now i need some barbecue in my life i do too i've had it on my phone for like the last several weeks i've had rahino barbecue trip question mark in mine and my wife's google calendar (laughs) from like 10 a.m to 1 on saturday mornings and it just has not worked out yet for multiple reasons, and I'm like, okay, just I just keep moving it to the next week. I'm like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it this spring. I'm determined. There's so I'm many calling it spring already. It's February, but you know what I mean. There's so many great barbecue places here in town, though. Like just th- th- thinking about it, like I've I've been to the Shack, I've been to Evie Mays, I've been to Rahino, I've been to Pit Forks and Smoke Rings out in Slayton. Yeah, cool. um, don't, don't get enough love. Guys. They're so great. Yes. It's worth the trip. Like as much as Rihino is worth a trip out to Olden, which it definitely is. You don't have to wait for the food truck to be in town because maybe, maybe that's not going to be a long-term thing for them. Uh, but they are expanding their, their, 
their footprint up there in Olton. Definitely worth the trip. Um, Bigums has stepped up their game too. Haven't like been a, to Tom and Bingo's, like I said. Haven't been to Bigums, yeah. but so many good yeah. options. Even Rudy's isn't that bad. Absolutely not. It's great for for what it is. You cannot beat it. So, well, you may good with these other options I just listed. Well, but, but I mean, like, I mean, it's it's a chain barbecue, a chain oh, yeah. Texas it's, it's not style Dickies. barbecue restaurant. It's yeah. not Dickies. Good lord, Solman <sighs> though, and the Metroplex. They've got some good barbecue. No free ads. Not that anybody's listening, except for maybe <laughs> Kyle. But uh, I don't know if they have any any of those out in his area. So, anyways, that'll do it for us on the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. This one's a big one. Uh, one we did instant reaction covering the Texas Tech victory over the Longhorns, seventy four sixty seven, and then a preview for the baseball team, which could be rendered completely moot once the roster comes out and all the guys I told you to look for have been cut. Unlikely because you've got some really good guys on that roster. But get ready for more basketball, baseball this weekend from Michael and Spencer. Catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.